Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey. Hey, kid. Over here. Um, me? Yeah, you. Get over here. Um... Come on, now listen. Don't be scared. Well... I have a feeling you're an artist, right? Am I right? Wait a minute. How did you know that? Never mind all that right now. Just get over here. I want to show you something. Um, uh, okay, but really fast. I'm in a hurry. This will only take a second. Now, I'm assuming you're on a budget, right? As all artists are, I got everything you need right here. You need brushes, we got brushes. You need canvas, we got canvas. You need resin, we got resin. You need turpentine, we got turpentine. We got mineral spirits, and we got the smelly kind that makes you feel funny. So what do you say, kid? You need something? Um, actually I do, but what, what, what's a catch? What do I have to do? Oh, what do you take me for? A common criminal? You don't need much. Just put this over your head, turn around, give me your wallet, and count to a hundred. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Has this ever happened to you? Probably not, because this scenario is ridiculous and made up. But we are going to talk today about working on a budget. So strap on in and get ready. I'm mainly going to be talking to painters on this one because this is something that I've done. But you can take some of this stuff and it can be applied to different types of mediums as well. Or at least it can spark an idea for you to you know, think outside the box working in whatever medium you are currently working in. So for me, I know materials and the cost of being an artist is one of the hardest things. I know I talk a lot about being like high vibe and working with what you got and like even attracting good stuff to you. But I realized that a lot of people are working on a budget and I was working on a budget for many years and I still am to an extent. At the beginning, I racked up all my credit card debt basically on painting materials and getting canvas every week. It was like 
okay, I either don't do what I came down here to do or I put like 50 or 60 bucks every week on my credit card. And I was just doing bare minimum. I would buy like a canvas and a couple tubes of paint that I needed and I was you know, using the other tubes of other colors all the way down to the bottom as best as I could. And you know, it got me through for many years. But it also, over time, it's crazy because putting 50 or 60 bucks on your credit card every week for 10 years... And, you know, paying whatever, a little bit over the bare minimum on your credit card, I ended up getting in a lot of debt. That's where, you know, the primary source of my debt came from before I was able to pay it off through see other podcast episodes, but through selling my own work and getting out of debt and then becoming a full-time artist. But for many years, that was just it. That's what it was. And I'm going to give you some tips today from what I've learned over the years and what I've kind of developed myself thinking outside the box and having to be creative with materials and like sourcing my materials. So first of all, we'll talk about studio space just because you can't work without a space to work in. Now, of course, you could work outside. If you're a plain air painter, that's great. You can just paint outside. You still have to store your stuff, your materials and your easels and canvas and all that somewhere, but you can work outside. And of course, you can take some classes. Or I'm sure there are certain facilities that do free classes or very cheap classes where you can go and work. But I'm talking about if you have a steady practice of creating artwork consistently and you need a studio space. So most people are renting out a space and it's a separate space from where they live. I've always liked to work in my space because I like to have everything there. I like to be able to roll out of bed and if I feel like I want to create, I can just go out and create. Um, I do have a separate studio space from my main living space now and it's great. For many years, I worked out of like, I lived in a studio backing up. I actually lived in like a 400 or 500 square foot studio in LA and I would have to break down and build up my studio in the kitchen every time I wanted to paint. It was a lot of extra work, But you know what? It enabled me to paint without having to go get a studio space. And then I would just find creative ways. Like I would divide my room up with big paintings. So it gave me like, oh, here's the bedroom. Here's the living room. Here's the hallway to the bathroom. I would just divide it with my paintings. And, you know, at my age at the time, it worked. And I loved it. And it it made me feel creative being surrounded by my artwork all the time. So, you know, that's something that you can do. Or if you have a bigger space, if you just have a separate room in the house, you can just use that room. You can use your garage. You can use a shed if you want. You can work outside. If you have a little bit of a backyard or even a big patio or something, you can work on the patio. I've done all these things. I've even used a corner of my living room. When I moved from my studio into a one-bedroom place in Los Angeles on Vinton Avenue, I actually had a bigger living room space. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is a huge living room. So I just sectioned off a corner of the room and I put these big pieces, like I'd stolen some wood from an alleyway. It was like closet, rolling closet doors. And I attached them to hinges and made this big diptych of a portrait with paintings on both sides. And I just used that as like a Japanese screen and I sectioned off a corner of my living space and it just made a little studio for me. At the time I was working on easels and I wasn't working like huge. So this really worked for me and it happened to be a closet right next to this corner. So I had all my painting stuff stored in there. So when I was done, you really didn't even see the studio space. You just saw these two paintings that looked like a Japanese screen. And then you had the studio space in there. And it was actually kind of cool. I really liked it. It was like my own little creative corner. 
in my space. So you can do all those things. You can work out of kitchens. You can work out of laundry rooms. You can work out of spare bedrooms. You can work on patios. You can uh, suspend yourself from your ceiling and paint upside down if you want. You can be creative. You can do whatever you want. That's the thing. Don't feel limited or don't feel like because somebody else has their own separate studio space, that's what you have to have. You just don't. And even as a professional artist, many, for many years, I worked out of a spare bedroom in our home and I converted it to a studio. Yes, you are limited to the size that you can create. And I was even, you know, trying to paint clean in my little space. I would plastic off the carpet just so I could be a little messy in my little area where I painted most. But then I would store the other stuff around the room in the studio space. So you can do whatever you want and make it work. As long as you're painting, as long as you have a space that feels creative to you that you can go to and create every week, that's all that matters. So just don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the people who are like bragging about their amazing studio space. I have one now. It's great. Took me many, many years, over a decade to get it. Actually, 16, 17 years to get it. So don't feel bad if you don't have a a designated separate studio space to work in. We all have to work. We all have to survive. We all have to make money. Speaking of that, we are going to switch over to materials. How are you supposed to afford canvas every week, right? You know how canvas is. Canvas is expensive. If you want to get a big canvas, even a medium-sized canvas, if you're not getting it on sale, you're going to pay 100 bucks or more. If you're going to get a really large canvas, you're going to pay upwards of 500 bucks, you know. Now you can learn to stretch your own canvas and buy in bulk and get stretcher bars and get the rolled canvas and learn how to do that. But then you have to get the gesso, you got to get the rolled canvas, you got to buy all the stretcher bars. It ends up being expensive anyway, although it is a fun kind of craft to learn. I still stretch my own canvas from time to time. I just had a project where I did about 30 of those that I bought from Joy Ray and I stretched a bunch of canvas and I've now painted on all of those. But stretching canvas is great. Will save you a little bit of money in the long term. But here are some little tricks for you if you are just struggling to find materials to paint on. First of all, I would recommend learning how to paint on different surfaces. Like I've painted on screens, I've painted on glass, I've painted on plexiglass, I've painted on wood, I've painted on desks, cabinets, whatever you, I mean, you name it, I've painted on it. And it's kind of fun because when you start learning that anything is a surface and you learn how to paint on those surfaces differently, it just expands your horizons on what you can do with paint and what you can do with art. If you work with assembled pieces, you can, you know, the sky's the limit with these found objects. So that's like an endless source of material for me is just going out on the streets, finding discarded cabinets, going to garage sales. That's also great for paint. That's great for brushes. You find a lot of people who are just doing art as a hobby and they realize that they weren't going to really do it. And now they're just giving away their materials. They're giving away their brushes, their canvas, um, their paint for really, really low prices. So garage sales are great. And you can find you know, desks there or tables to work on or chairs. So that's a really good thing to start with. You could just look in the paper if people still do that or look online, find the, you know, garage sales or just drive around your city. You'll find garage sales every weekend or you'll find yard sales and you can just go and just scoop up whatever you need. But I like to find my own stuff that I handpick around. I've gone to art stores and gone to like Blick, for example, and they have a dumpster out back where they have some stuff that just didn't work. Like they would cut some things down and they would have like discarded big pieces of wood. I would just ask them if I could take those. And a lot of times they say, yeah, of course. And you can even find stuff like canvases that maybe got damaged. And if it's not too bad, then you can fix it yourself. 
which you can most times, just ask them if you can take those. That's a great way to get free materials. And I've done that many times. I also go and buy a lot of uh, materials at Home Depot. I will go and cut wood and stuff like that. I used to go to lumber yards and just get these really thin pieces of plywood that I worked on for years. Like that's the only place I went. I would go and get like a couple big pieces of plywood and have them cut them down to like two by three or two by four or three by four. And I would get like 10 or 12 surfaces for like 40 bucks or something after the cost of the materials and the cutting. So I mean, just imagine, you can't even get a medium-sized canvas for that. So that's really good. If you are worried about your carbon footprint, which I am more now, I don't really go to lumber yards anymore. Every once in a great while, I will. But I don't really do it anymore because I just don't like getting the wood. I don't like cutting new wood and stuff like that. So you can find scraps. You can find uh, Home Depot or lumber yards. A lot of times they will also have scraps that they are not using anymore that you can buy for cheap or you can get for free. Uh, a lot of times at Home Depot, there will be the place where they cut stuff down and there's just discarded material. And you can just ask somebody, if you can ever get anybody at Home Depot, if you're going to get somebody, if you can get somebody to actually pay attention to you at Home Depot, you can find a lot of stuff there. You can find even like boxes and stuff. Once you get into shipping, you can find a lot of discarded boxes and things like that can also help you with shipping and other shipping materials. So that's great. I love, love doing that stuff. Man, if you're on a budget and you need to budget, well, I got your budget right here. So just listen to me. You really can save a lot of money. Another great resource that people don't think about a lot is going to their fellow artists or to maybe an artist who's doing a little better than you and has a big studio. They are going to have a lot of discarded materials too. They're going to have maybe some stuff that they're no longer working on. I used to have an artist friend uh, named Mark Yellen. He used to give me a lot of canvases that he'd painted on, stuff that wasn't working out for him. He would just give me these really nice canvases, deep gallery wrap canvases that he'd worked on. And I turned those into new paintings. And you also get some cool texture from other people's work. You can find those in dumpsters in apartment complexes. I found great canvases from people who are just moving out. They don't want their art anymore. You can get a nice canvas or even like an old print or something. You can paint over prints. You can paint over anything. So I found really nice deep canvases in dumpsters. I found really nice canvases from other artists. You can also get paintings uh, materials like paints and brushes and tools from other artists you can get those for cheap at least you could probably bargain with them to get it for cheaper than you would at an art store sometimes they will even give you stuff so those are all really good resources if you are on a budget and we all are on a budget to an extent but if you're really struggling and you're like man i just can't paint i just i can't afford to paint i don't have the extra funds these are options that you should really look into And you should never have that excuse of, well, I just can't afford to paint because you can always get stuff for free or very cheap. I've even had from my website, like I have a fulfillment partner, Bay Photos, that does my print fulfillment. Like somebody will order something from me on my website and then it'll go directly to Bay Photo and they will fulfill it. They will, you know, print it out and ship it to the person and then I get a percentage of that. You also, when you do have things like this, Like I'm working with art storefronts. They have a collaboration with them. A lot of websites can or you can find it on your own, but you can order from them wholesale. So I would find like really big canvas prints that I had just to check out the print, how it looked. And I would buy them wholesale for like half price. And then I would just turn around and either keep that or give it away or I would paint on it. So you can actually paint over these prints that are printed on canvas. 
And sometimes you can also just enhance them. Like if you had like a portrait or something of yourself, a self-portrait, let's say that you have on a four by three gallery wrap canvas, 1.5 inches deep, whatever, and you just wanted to enhance it and add some actual texture to the print, you could then paint on top of the face and enhance it with your own texture of oil, which is really cool because it makes it this unique like half print, half original hybrid, which is really cool and really popular now. So there are always ways to get around this. I guess the thing is you're only limited by your imagination. And once you start doing things like this and once you start thinking outside the box, it just opens up so many doors for you to not only you know discover new things you can work with, meet new people, but also paint differently or work with your art differently, do assemblage differently or you know sculpt differently or whatever it is, whatever you're working on, whatever medium you are, collage. Finding these materials, finding these different resources, finding these different people, it kind of gets you out of your box and sometimes it sparks new ideas. I don't know how many new series have been sparked by me just out of desperation having to go to different sources to find materials. So that's really exciting, and I hope this has been something that has been helpful for you. I hope it's at least, at very least, given you some food for thought and made you excited to try new things and be like, oh, you know what? I hadn't thought of that before. Now I'm going to get out there and try this. So that is my hope for you, and that's it for today. So get out there and start thinking outside the box. We'll see you next time. Hey, kid. Get over here. Uh, oh my god, what's that? Wait, what? Where? Uh, so long, sucker. But I just wanted to know the time. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time. <laughs>